This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 207 of the Hooniverse podcast. I am frazzled because I was running late, and it's hard to drive up the 405 in anger in a W114 Benz. But I did it! Yeah, it doesn't have a lot of go. Uh, no, it doesn't. Well, it's a gas one, at least. But I did it for good reason, because uh, we have Dan Greenwald from Turn 10. Thank you for joining us, sir. Happy to be here. And guests. Uh, but you guys don't have mics in front of you, so you're not saying anything. Okay. <laughs> handlers. Uh, we're not supposed to talk about handlers, but there are handlers here. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well, but I need two handlers because yeah. I'm, I will get out of control. I, I might be tackled, depending on what you ask me. I might be tackled. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I've always seen you just fly off the handle. It's right, so common. Yeah, very angry. All the, all the years I've known you now, yeah, that's you're so unruly. That's right. uh, so I what can't you stay doing? on message. No. Uh, what are you doing in LA? What's going on? It's weird. There's this little thing that happens once a year for gamers. It's, it's just a gamer thing. It's yeah. just a little gamer thing. Just a small little thing. That yeah. I've seen the photos. The crowds look unreal. So, yeah, it's it's E3, right? It's our it's our SEMA. It's our... It's our well, SEMA is also your SEMA, though. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true. I'm at both. Uh, yeah, it, it's this is the ultimate thing for gamers. Now, there's other shows, uh, Gamescom and Cologne, and um, you know China Joy and Shanghai. Those are growing, but E3 is still the major breaker of news for the the gaming world. Yeah. And this year, they invited fifteen thousand fans, like just straight up fans. Usually, it's an industry thing. So there's like I don't know. I think it's sixty thousand maybe industry people. But uh, this year, they invite fifteen thousand fans. So the crowds are insane. So the wait times went from 2 hours to 4 hours to play a game? Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> you you got to be you got to be dedicated. Yeah. Right? Uh so, you know, it's been great. I Look, I am whatever. If there's an A through Z of celebrities, I am a I'm a Z list celebrity. But at E three, but at E three, you're I up get there. recognized by at least two people. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I'll get stopped. And you know, we've got fans that that really are, are big fans of Forts, and I love it. It just charges me up to meet fans, and uh, you know, uh, anyone who loves cars is great. But for me, I love games and cars. So when I meet somebody who's in that same kind of nexus. It's it's awesome. Well, and then it also gets you out of just talking about games. You can actually talk about car shit too. Like we were we were talking about your three fifty earlier, and mm-hmm. you know, you say we. That's on a different podcast. Yes. So, um, but speaking of your cars, uh, I think last time we spoke, you brought up uh, your M three that you were piece mealing into a CSL. Do you still have that? I got rid of that. Okay. I sold that. I got a uh, Shelby GT three fifty. Ah. It's actually number 78 of 100 from 2015. Nice. So they only released a small number of those. R or? Normal. Okay. Normal, not an R. And uh, I just found out that you can actually put seats in the back of the R, which how did that escape me? But I didn't know that. I mean, obviously, it would have been possible anyway. Right, but right. no, meaning a factory option. But uh, I, Maybe my it kids, wasn't. Th- I don't think it was the first year. I don't think it was either. So yeah. I also have like Sync 2, and there's a lot of things oh, that I God, think are you, available. You, I hate Sync 1 so much. You know, but the funny thing is, you know, I get in this car. So I've, I've got seats in the back so that my – I've got twin boys. They can get in the back. Uh, one loves drifting. The other gets car sick. So oh, I've got to be real careful about which one I, uh, I bring in the car at one time. But, you know, this is my favorite car I've ever owned in my life. And I've, I've switched through, you know, quite a few cars sure. over the years. 
but I, I get in it and the engine, I, it's just, it's heaven. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a beastly sounding machine. Even as our our resident Chevy lover over here can attest. I, yeah, I mean it's a great car. I mean, <laughs> he has his qualms going on in his head. No, I you you say that, but I own two cars. One's yeah. a Ford, one's a Chevy. That's so. true. Good point. Good yeah. point. Fair enough. And one is no longer a Honda. Um, no, although I, I do like my Hondas too. Yeah, I, I, I like everything that's good. That's my only requisite. So okay. basically, anything not made by like Daihatsu. Uh, but I would take a Rocky. Um, don't don't hate on the Daihatsu for no reason. Uh, but but you're here. Obviously, I was joking about E3. Um, this is Forza Seven. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it doesn't feel like Forza Seventy to you. Like it feels like everything's oh, no. fresh and new with all the new technology. Um, why don't you give us like a like a, the brief bird's eye view of of Forza Seven? And it's I don't know. It's I don't want to say mission statement, but what should people be looking forward to? Well, I think taking a step back for a second. This was a, a kind of a historic week, and, and it, it will continue to be by the end of the week. So we started off the week with a briefing for Xbox, and at that briefing, we unveiled the 911 GT2 yep. RS. Yep. And it was a world debut of a car here at a game show, which took a lot of courage on Porsche's part to embrace gamers in this way. And I think it caught a lot of automotive journalists off guard, except maybe like the biggest of buff books might have had an inkling. And I don't even know if they did or not, but you saw stories popping up, oh, Oh man, the the new Porsche. So that I mean that was that was huge. And and it wasn't debuted in front of us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that's what caught a lot of people off guard as well is that Porsche was willing to kind of embrace a new generation. And a lot of it's cuz we have a shared vision for the future of racing and the future of esports, the future of gaming, the future of of uh, digital natives, you know, generation Z. And um so that was a big piece of history, and of course we showed off the Xbox One X, the most powerful console ever made, and Forza Motorsport 7 running on that in native 4K, 60 frames per second, and it's got a whole host of new features as well as 700 cars. And then this coming weekend, Forza and the Forza Racing Championship will be at Le Mans, mm. and we will have our racers uh, crowned as Le Mans Championships, uh, Le Mans Racing Championships for racing in a digital format. Which is all new. You know, we've we've had professional racers that are Forza racers mm-hmm. on the Le Mans podium before, right. because they race in professional cars for Audi and and others over the years. But this is the first time that that the ACO, you know, kind of the the old guard oh, yeah. traditional motorsport, is looking up and saying, "Oh, there's a new generation. Esports is real. It's legit," mm-hmm. and and is crowning that. So this week is is a it's a big deal for both automotive. And for gaming, and that's right where we are. You know, we're right at where those two worlds join. So, how did so these people that are going to Le Mans are going to race there? How did these people actually make their way up through the ranks of of the players to actually score those seats at Le Mans? So, we had multiple weeks of competition that were going on virtually around the world, mm-hmm. and so they were brought together over servers, racing in multiplayer, so they could be in different regions racing at the same time. That started, uh, let's see, May third. We started the the Forza Porsche Cup mm-hmm. and this was season three of the Forza Racing Championship and so uh, a group of racers qualified and we paid their way to come to Le Mans and another group of racers qualified and they paid their own way so we paid kind of for the top competitors to come over we're putting them all up in this big village that's a Forza specific village they're, uh, they're glamping as we were discussing before and uh, I think they're going to have an amazing weekend I've, I've gone to Le Mans a few times I've had kind of the uh, 
the high end experience. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I've had the yeah, like we the talked about that end experience. I think I talked to you about that last year. It was, yeah. You had you had a nice little experience at them all. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and yeah. so we're going to give them you know what I think is going to be a, an, an just a, a, an incredible like once in a lifetime experience at Le That'll be amazing. Um, so so that's exciting. The the you have the new console debuting here. You have your racers over in, in France. Um, what's what are some of the big change? Like, obviously, you're jumping to a new console. The frames per second is good, so you can like tell the PC master race people to sh- just cool their jets for a second. Um, and it's, it's it's new. It, it's a totally new console, right? This is new hardware. It's more powerful. That's how you can run this upgraded game. This all new game. What are the big changes from the old one to the new one? Well, let's take the console out of it. Let's okay. take the PC out. Yes, this game is built from the ground up for the PC. We love our PC players. We're trying to embrace them in a whole new way. And yeah, it's on the Xbox One X. It looks amazing. 4K, 60 frames per second, new shaders. Looks great. But let's take those aside so you can really do a comparison of Forza Motorsport 7 to Forza Motorsport 6 on the Xbox One. Because of all the work we did for Xbox One X, we we had to integrate a lot of new technology because the resolution of that screen, you need more detail. Well, we invested in new technology that actually makes it look better on the Xbox One as well because the technology didn't take more power, but in in optimizing for the higher resolution, we developed this new technique. So the game looks better, but also it's got 700 cars. Forza Motorsport 6 had 450 yeah. cars, and I hate to be in an arms race with myself, but let's just say it's a lot of cars. Yeah. It's 700 cars, a ton of cars, a lot of diversity, the car list is, is not just big, it's, it's got huge variety. There's an all-new campaign, career mode in the game. We've put split screen at the top level. We've got new assists. We've got new aspects of the tire physics. The, the clouds dynamically roll in. Rain starts. Heat builds up in the tires on hot tracks like Dubai. There's new tracks. Uh, the driver. We've pulled the driver out of the car. You can actually change your driver's suit and... You know, customize your driver, and because of the driver charge. Well, system, that's a little bit of the uh, that's a little bit of uh, Horizon coming back into motorsport as far as like changing out your avatar and all that stuff. Yeah, in in Horizon, you could select between a, a group of avatars and yep. men, and women, and what have you. And this time, you can choose a male or a female driver, and then we have over three hundred different suits you can put on that driver. And that's everything from like suits from the nineteen thirties with like leather oh, helmets wow, and goggles. Cool. Oh, do you have the like, scarf so that it can just dangle behind <laughs> you? Or no, we don't have anything. It's going to get sucked into the supercharger behind you. But we, uh, see, that's that's the real spirit of racing is when you can get decapitated by your scarf. Right. So, did you work with any of the current suit makers for the modern suits? Are they real suits or are they just like generic modern suits? It's a little bit of both. So, we were looking at we wanted to have a very versatile system so that we could be doing things very serious and buttoned up, um, while at the same time having things that are a little bit more shocking. Justin's just reminding me, yes, we worked with Alpine Stars on a base model. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's more than that as well. And we were trying not to focus so much, though, on the brand of the suit itself as much as the flair and the style that you apply on sure. it. So we kept our fiction. So you got to imagine these are all like FIA certified, like, you know, fire suits, right? right. These are amazing suits. But... If you could paint a mummy onto your real suit and take it That's to Le Mans. That's a fantastic idea. You know, where you like just draw, you know, paint the helmet and paint the ribbons. That's what we're able to do on these suits. And so we can have really buttoned up suits like a Porsche suit. You know, it looks like you're part of the works team. 
or a 1930s suit or something in between. Or we can have these kind of shocking things like a mummy or... Can you, are are like, you allowed to get fully custom on the suits like you can on the cars? No, and that's the difference. So we're actually really trying to make it something you're hunting for and looking uh, for and collecting. And it really matters when you find well, something new because yeah. you're if you find one of these really cool, rare suits, it's going to show up in my single-player game representing you. And I'll see your customized car. I'll see the car that you love to drive. But I'm, I'm going to be going, how did you get that? Well, how did you get that suit? The other thing being is that as soon as you can apply custom textures to a human in a game, we know where that goes immediately. Sure. Yeah. There's that too. But we, we were really trying to, to increase community, yeah. you know, get people together that way. So we love the painting that people can do on their cars, and we see all sorts of incredible paint jobs there. And, yes, we do see some things that we have to ban and remove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the suits we wanted to bring straight into your game and have it be one of those um, – conversation moments that you start with your friends that's that's a pretty sweet idea i really like the idea of the old suits and just from the trailer it looks like like as you would expect there's all the full spectrum of racing what forms of motorsport are first timers to forza seven um, it looked like. Have you had Global Rallycross before? It looked like there were some GRC cars in there. Yeah, there's there are. Uh, so Forza's already been known for its diversity for a long time, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of cars that were new styles of motorsport that came in as DLC in Forza Motorsport Six, okay. but they actually didn't have like a bespoke kind of championship series for them. So now we're able to to kind of turn those into a real thing and legitimize them in the game and make them part of the career. Well, you've got a big enough base now that you can go, okay, it's worth building content for these 12 cars that you've got mm-hmm. versus only having one or two when they came in after the fact. Sure. Or, yeah. And so like the trucks, those the trucks, trucks are that were fantastic. playable. Yeah. So we, oh, the semis, right? Yeah. 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 So those came in on uh, DLC in Forza Motorsport 6, and... They were interesting, and people liked racing in them, but now we've actually baked them into the career structure themselves. Now, you don't have to do it, and that's the thing with 700 cars. You should, cars. though. <laughs> well, I think I played them the other day. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're I awesome. mean, when you, get in the, when you get in those semis and they rotate better than a brand-new GT2, you're like, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> they do rotate all right. Here's the thing. They've, yeah. got these, they've got so many gears. So even when we first set it up, we were playing it in the studio. We do hot lap competitions yeah. over the course of weeks. So we were playing the E3 demo weeks and weeks and weeks ago before anything looked good. But the physics are all spot on, right? We've done all the research. So we get in there and we're like, Shifting and shifting and shifting and shifting. <laughs> it just seemed to never end. And the worst part was the launch. So we actually have it. It's doing a rolling start, mm-hmm. which saves you some of the time. Yeah, to that's right. Because yeah. we were I all finding that. it was better yeah. to, in a sense, it was better to launch in like second or third gear. So as soon as the light would go green, we'd be like bang, 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 you know, click through the gears so we could get a good launch. And then I was usually skipping gears as I went through corners because it was just too much you gears to do. Have you ever been around yeah. one of those trucks in, in real life? I've seen one. I've not been to one of the races. I I had the fortune of being next to one that was prepped for Pike's Peak. Oh, oh I've uh, seen those. Mike those Ryan's were, truck. Yeah, Mike Ryan's truck. That, that, uh, because Banks built yeah, it. That's and a those whole guys different in, beast. Those yeah, guys invited is. me down. But, I mean, same sort of concept. It's just so insane when you see something that big drifting. Well, that's like I, when I went to I went to the Goodwood Festival of Speed, um, and they had the Kamaz Dakar racer, like mm-hmm. the big crazy things. And that dude was drifting the corners better than – a lot of people there uh, mm-hmm. that thing was awesome so the trucks will be awesome um but it, it seems like we're in this weird place where there are still forms of motorsport being created which has got to be exciting for you guys because we're like oh super stadium trucks let's go see what those are about formula e we don't have to really worry about noise like <laughs> let's um you know and then different tire wears because you guys care a lot about the physics so like mm-hmm. is there is there anything 
you haven't put in the game yet that you have your eye on. We're like, oh, this is coming. There are always things we've got our eye on. Um, it, I, I can't confirm a lot of that stuff. I sure. do think that part of the magic of Forza, and this is what we saw in the NASCAR experience. And by the way, anything I've said about the game, um, I haven't played it. I've only seen the trailer. So if I say something that is in the game that isn't known yet, it's pure luck. And I've played the game for five Poker minutes. Face, sure, of so. course. Yeah. I, I'll try not to, like, wince. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, don't say that, right? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we've we've got, uh, there's a lot of different disciplines, you know, of motorsport in the game, but I, th- I think what makes the game so unique, and this is, this is what we did in the NASCAR expansion, is the way we can, with this car list, we can juxtapose those kind of what-if scenarios. Mm-hmm. You know, what if a NASCAR was taking on an Australian Super V8 on Bathurst, this was something in the expansion. Oh, it's easy. The the super the V eight supercar wins because they're just better in every circumstance all the time. <laughs> you can go that way. <laughs> we also are we're able to create these what if scenarios that I think are really fun for people to experience. So it's one thing to get into Formula E. It's another thing to look at Formula E versus you know a different formula of car or even yeah. like a GT three or something like right, that. And you right. start getting into the the really interesting bits. And that's what's unique to Forza. I think they're they're you can make um, you know a more narrow in motorsport experience, but by having the the breadth mm-hmm. of all of this, you get into n- niches, I guess, of motorsports that you never expect. Have you ever considered? I mean, I'm sure this someone has to ask this once every iteration. Have you ever considered two wheels? You can get on two wheels. <laughs> yeah, you've never heard that question. one before. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, We've get uh, we've been asked that before, and you know Project Gotham Racing. There have been other games that that have integrated cars and uh, motorcycles. Together. The crew too has planes. Sorry, I, that trailer was exciting. <laughs> For me, we really still believe there's a lot of there's a lot of upside in cars, and at the end of the day, we're trying to be the nexus of car culture and gaming culture. And being the most comprehensive car game with still room to spare and things that we'll be able to add to make the game richer and, and more diverse over time, I, I think that's a great place to be. And and if we're going to create this future for car culture, we've got to stay focused on a new generation and getting them excited about cars, oh, yeah. creating experiences they can't get anywhere else. And, you know, so focus is really critical to innovation. So on, on, on that note of getting, like, the new generation, you know, and we touched on that, you know, there's a lot of overlap, so I'll just reference TST at this point. Is You know, we touched on that a fair amount. Um, but I, I'd like to get into kind of how you see developing these people over the next several years because, you know, you guys obviously have a bigger plan set out kind of for the long term of how you're going to develop these series and bring these people along over, you know, five, six, seven years or whatever it's going to be. Um, Forza 10's in beta. Yeah. They haven't told anybody yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> yeah. um, so if somebody wanted to start getting, you know, getting into doing competitive Forza with the next release in the fall, um, how does that progression kind of start and what are the competitions kind of start getting you into the mix and bring you up to the ranks? What does that look like? Well, right now you can get involved in the Forza Racing Championship in Forza Motorsport 6 mm-hmm. and be involved in leagues and and really learn some of the race etiquette and get a name for yourself. And, and that doesn't a, need to be strictly wheel-based, right? That could be controller if you want. Absolutely, yeah. In fact, our, our our top racers are with controller right now because they come from the esports world. And yes, they love cars and they love racing and they love games, but they're not actually coming from the motorsport world. These are not professional race car drivers. They're 
brutally fast. They're incredibly fast, both with a controller and many of them with a wheel, too. I think I'm but actually faster with a controller than I am with a wheel. But they're coming from that place yeah. of, uh, uh, you know, the thing is the, with a controller, we add so many assists to our game generally. Yeah. And you strip those assists off over time. Well, the controller has some inherent assists in them. Now, none of them are friction assists, but they are things that smooth out your inputs. Well, right? yeah, because so you've got get that, we've all got that natural like tappers. jab a little bit yeah. to the left and to the right to tap, correct. Tap, 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 tap. And if you really drove a car like that, you would just kill yourself. Right? I do see people drive like that, and it's a miracle <laughs> that they don't kill us all. Yeah. So there's an assist already baked into the controller that actually just smooths out your your uh, steering and if you think about you know you go to a track day well, the first thing they're telling you is about weight control in the car really smooth inputs never asking too much of the tires well you know it's hard to do that kind of smooth input on a controller so we can smooth out your inputs by just adding a little buffer in there but that uh, that does make you pretty fast the controller yeah how how in depth when you deal with your tire physics are you working with a singular manufacturer? Are you doing it all in-house at this point? Are you sharing data with anybody? Or are you working with a multitude of people, companies? Like, How does the tire physics all come together? Because it was a really big talking point in six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like your tire physics went up another level. And, and I'm sure they're, you, know, you step them up again. But how do you, how do you get there? It's a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm guessing the word dynamometer comes in there quite a few times. Yeah, we, yeah. we do. Uh, we test a lot of tires. Um, over the years we've had multiple manufacturers that we've worked with we got to the point where it was better off just we just got pallets of tires and we started testing them testing them in different conditions and testing them in ways that actually the manufacturers don't test their own tires Uh, taking them to extreme heats and extreme angles and extreme pressures and uh, simulating the types of loads and side loads and angles that just don't need to be don't need to be looked at the reason for that is that we are able to put modern tires on a classic car we're able to put classic tires on a modern car i mean in our physics engine especially back at the studio we can put any tire on any car and we can change it to any width it's you know it's simulation we can we can be god there we need to have a full metric uh, a full matrix of all of these different results the new aspect to what we're looking at with tires was the way that heat builds up on tarmac and then affects the tires in extreme cases. So we went to the UAE to uh, our new track is Dubai. Wow. And, uh, you know, we almost lost some people there. It was so hot. It, wow. Yeah, it was, I bet. Yeah. It was really a bad time to actually send people to go uh, capture it. Well, you remember, <laughs> you remember uh, Thad from TST. Mm-hmm. He's been in the UAE filming for the last two years He now. hasn't come back yet? I remember no. he came no, back. He, for, back. he no. came back briefly. Yeah. Yeah, he basically came back to visit. But yeah, he's still and over there doing stuff. And then he met him in stuff. Thailand for that boat trip, and yeah. he's still in Dubai. Yeah, well, that... Anyway, we got great stories that came out. I didn't go on that trip. But, yeah, uh, I, every time I talk to anybody that comes back from Dubai, they're like, I can't believe anybody came back alive. Yeah. <laughs> And not just for the heat, but for the crazy shit people do there, too, because there are no laws if you have money. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we sent our crew out there, and they were not only capturing the track, which is, uh, it's, we, with a lot of our original tracks, we did this with uh, Prague, and uh, we did it with Rio in Forza Motorsport 6. We take the roads, we scan them, we capture them, but then when we get them back to the studio, we cut, we we twist, we move so that they become a better driving road. So you've got sections that are, you know, picture perfect, laser scanned perfect. And then we'll do a little twist or a little bend here so that we're putting together the best driving roads of a larger square kilometer area into one track. Um, when we go to a real track, you know, like Mugello, we go and laser scan it. It is 
it's pixel perfect down to the mil- millimeter level. But with these original tracks, we're able to be more creative to create a really flowing track or maybe has better passing zones that you really wouldn't get if you just captured streets, like the streets of Monaco, yeah. right? The passing zones just aren't there. So we went to Dubai. We got the heat. We also take a rig there that tests the, the friction on the tarmac. And then we had to go study what happens to tires as they're getting extreme heat from the ground, not from the driving itself. Yeah. We started looking at how those change over the course of laps. I'm and we also were looking at rain. Delamination at the extreme end of things? Well, you know, that's actually why a lot of the things go, don't get tested yeah. to the extreme angles on these test rigs. Because you want to actually run maybe two or three tests on a tire. And once you start testing a tire at those extreme heats and those extreme angles, they're done. You do a test, it's over. Yeah. Like one test, it took you... 30 seconds, and you're done. Michelin likes you, but not 30 sets of tires likes you, right? I don't exactly. know. Yeah, exactly. Tire companies have a lot of money, and they, they, they dole out products surprisingly well. If I'm able to get free tires, I'm sure if turn 10 you can get a few stacks of tires. Um, but, uh, yeah, tire companies have so much money. Um, so what you're saying, basically, is you, you went insane on tire testing to even further refine and it and i'm also hearing from some people who have driven um got to to sample it a bit you made a big deal about rain last time around Mm -hmm. i believe but now it's even better like it before it was like oh the car handles a little worse because i'm in the rain now it's like it, it clearly changes from sections of track we did two things. We made it both easier and we made it harder and we made it more dynamic. So three things, I guess. But uh, we... You've been hanging around too many German automakers. More dynamic. More dynamic. Oh, I, it makes more sense in a video game than in a car, though. Every yeah, German we, automaker. We quite literally mean it. It right. is changing over time. <laughs> Not the dynamism of the seats. Yeah, yeah. So um, in Forza Motorsport 6, we added uh, hydroplaning. So puddles right. on the track. But the system was static. <laughs> And so when you would go to the track in the rain, the puddle was there. It would stay there. It was raining. It, it, was, it was still incredibly challenging, and it was very, very accurate. Mm-hmm. Like the, the water, the hydraulic uh, simulation that we had for how you would hydroplane was something we, we did a lot of research into. This time, you can start off. It might be an overcast day, and the track's dry. Maybe it's cool. And we had to research cool tarmac, and then raindrops start coming down. And it's not the way that friction goes away is not linear. And it's also not the same for every type of tire compound. So we had to start looking at how that dynamic friction changes over time. And then the, the puddles get bigger and bigger, and we go back to the hydroplaning you'd expect, and then it dries out. But it was all physics first. And that's how we do, you know, yes, the skies change, the clouds roll right. in and all of that. But for us, it wasn't about the graphical effect. It was physics first, physics first. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll make the graphics support this immersion you're feeling in the physics and in your controller, in the rumble and what have you. But the graphics and that sort of uh, side come second. Very cool. Uh, I'm going to dive into some questions because we've got a few people who, you know, we, we post questions to various channels that we're on, like Patreon, Twitter, and Facebook. So just a few questions I'm going to read through. So some will be ridiculous and some will be good. Uh, these are Patreon questions first. First up is Bobby Reed. Will Forza 7 include an A60 Celica? Our Lemons team is counting on this. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't confirm which cars are, are in the game. We're going, to be, we're going to be unveiling 700 cars over the course of the summer, so it's going to be a busy summer. Hey, be good lead up. If you get that Daihatsu charade in there, I'll be happy until said, the end of time. No, Rocky. Um, uh, David asks, if you haven't already talked to death about dan's gt350 what are his favorite and least favorite things about it and dan you're a legend by the way 
right, David says. Well, that's very nice of him. Um, the GT350 is, as I mentioned, the favorite car I've ever owned. The engine, I, honestly, you know, I, I've met a lot of people who are Mustang fans. They kind of come out of the woodwork, and uh, and it's great. I, American I like muscle cars a, have a way of doing that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm all of a sudden part of a community I didn't <laughs> know I was becoming part of. Yeah, but I especially going from an M3, which is yeah. a very different community. Yeah, so I I, oh, I went from being blinking lights on the side of my steering by wheel people to being called a knuckle dragger. Yeah. So I've been I've been accused of one thing and now another, and I guess I feel more comfortable as a knuckle dragger. It feels I, it feels know. right right. Maybe right. it's just the community's maybe a little warmer and yeah. a little more outspoken. I mean, uh, German car enthusiasts are usually very kind of clinical a lot of times mm-hmm. about their likes. Not that that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like, yeah, you know, I, I, it's I, a different I, thing. I feel more closely related to. I have a '65 F100 pickup. I feel more closely related to that. Then I do the old Benz parked outside hmm. right now for yeah. sure. So, well, so I, I think just it. driving the Mustang put like an extra ten pounds of muscle on my shoulders without, <laughs> you know, any whey protein at all. So it just kind of did that. No, but I, I, I really, I, I like how the car kind of brings brings people out of the woodwork. But honestly, I don't really feel like I'm in a Mustang. I feel like I'm driving a Voodoo engine with like a car wrapped around it. Yeah, and that car happens to be a Mustang. It's beautiful to look at. But the thing I like the most about that is that it's not like a $120,000 car. So I'm getting the joy I would get out of a $120,000, $180,000 car. And when somebody hits it with a shopping cart, it's just not that big a deal to me. I mean, I, it's not that sounds yeah. bad, but I'm just no, saying. No, I get like, what you're saying. I, I just don't. It's got some Ultimately, it's, in it. it's a Mustang. It yeah. can be fixed easily. Well, that's how exactly. I felt when I spent a week with the Raptor. It's like this thing is $58,000, and if it was... If it was a hundred in real life, it'd be ridiculous. But I'm getting a hundred thousand dollars worth. Uh, and this is going to sound crazy. Yeah. That was only stickered at fifty eight. Fifty eight. My neighbor goes, "Is that seventy? And I said, "No, it's sixty. And I was wrong. It was fifty eight. It was even a little less. It mm-hmm. felt perfect at that price. And if someone did hit it with a shopping cart, I'd be like, "Sweet dent." <laughs> I'll tell everybody it was on the trail. But all right. Well, and, yeah. and the other cool thing is with your three fifty is I think you've got the swan song of the V eight and the Mustangs. I don't think there's going to be a V8 that tops that in the Mustangs. I think it's going to be turbo sixes. That engine, the, I mean, because this isn't even the five liter, right? It's that five point two liter V, yeah. the flat plane crank, and uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's there's it's something different incredible. about it. What color yeah. did you get? I got black with white stripes. Nice. It's very retro looking, which yeah. I think also brings people out of the woodwork. It's like but, uh, McConaughey in uh, Dazed and Confused. Uh, even though it wasn't a Ford he drove, I know, but that was a color pattern. I, I won't car. do the overly tired yeah. impersonation, all right, all right, but it was, right, right. it was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Marshall. Well, I was going to oh, say, least favorite is that uh, the inside, the amenities. Is a Mustang. Know, it's not it's, your M3. It, it is. It's not an M3, it's and it's not even. There's times after a long day that I wish I was in like a Mercedes, like. S six hundred, yep, and it would just whisk me away to my Calgon place, mm-hmm. yeah. and instead I get in the Mustang, and I'm like, oh, it's not comfy, and then I turn it on, and the engine blips the throttle for me, and I'm like, all right, I, I'm there with you. I mean, the thing <laughs> is, is, I bought is I bought bad. that Fiesta ST is just a cheap daily that's mm-hmm. still fun to drive, and it's just like I look at this and I go. Oh, I could totally just go buy a Lexus and then be a straight trade and be so much more comfortable. Well, that's I mean, the Benz is is my now my daily because um, I needed something to put my daughter in the back, which I can't in my pickup truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a brand new Mazda, but um, that's my wife's car, so I wanted something cool, but that it would still be relatively safe. I mean, it's a German tank, so it's fine. Um, but I find we'll call the it the Panzer of, from now on. I am not going to say that my my Jewish side of my family would not allow it. Um, the uh, with the exception of driving up here today, um, I generally genuinely drive a little bit slower 
in it and and let traffic go by and, yeah. and if i can find reggae on the radio I'll put some reggae on and you just kind of so it's 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 the antithesis of your mustang where you're like oh all right the engine's there all right let's have fun where i'm like okay. all right let's uh let's i had checked if the license plate lounging was available in california and it's taken because <laughs> i was about to get it heel toe in that car also i mean when i get it right and you know i i, I practice it on the street because I don't have anywhere to practice. Anywhere yeah. else to practice yeah. it, and uh, in that engine, heel toe, perfect. Like, yeah. Coming down from third gear, fourth gear. Yeah. Oh my god! So, it what do you think incredible. about the fact that it looks like they're going to throw the new Tremec uh, DCT in there as well? Oh, really? Yeah, that's been kicking around. Hmm. Yeah, That'd it'd be, be surprising. Tremec built the DCT, or well, they bought that company that builds DCTs, and they're going to start throwing them in that and in the GM stuff too. Hmm. So. I, I, this is all you know. The shifter, the the you know the Tremec it's got in it right now is is one yeah. Of it's the best. got the. I think that's the TR sixty six. Yeah, the six speed. Yeah, it's it's one of the best mechanisms that I've I've driven in years. Yeah, I mean they perfected that a long time. I, hell, I had one of those on my Camaro in nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It's always been a fantastic transmission. GM plug. Yeah. <laughs> See, uh, Marshall Cash, would you rather build a Mustang rally car or a Time Attack Range Rover? I mean, it's almost cheating because you have the Mustang now. But Wow. You know, I think I'd go with the Time Attack Range Rover. I like that, that idea. That sounds so more... So it, I'll, it's I'll more say, interesting. I went to a, a, a rally cross uh, that was, you know, like um, like an autocross mm-hmm. in a big, um, you know, like play in a gravel field. pit or something. Yeah. And I was in a friend's 2.5 RS with a turbo thrown on it. And... You know, it was in a certain modified class because it had the turbo, but we were way outclassed. Sure, okay. And uh, so we we get down there, and we're doing our thing, and we're having a good time. And a guy had trailered down some, you know, higher than Group N STI, and he was in some sort of Cherokee that he trailered it down with. He ran his Cherokee as well as this other thing. Oh, he brought, okay. (laughs) And his Cherokee was slightly modified, and so it was in our group. And he destroyed us. <laughs> and it's pure driver, right? You right. know, everyone's always, oh, my car, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, driver. Yep. You know, and you meet race car drivers. And I meet people that are like, oh, I'm pretty good. I drive like this, drive like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? When you hang around race car drivers, you're like, I am a small speck of dust. Yeah. And oh, you are amazing. You think you're getting lines right on a track, and then you swap seats. You're like, yeah. I, I, I'm useless. What am I doing? Right. Yeah. So anyway, he did that. Like, we, there was a slalom section on this rally cross. And I swear to God the Cherokee was leaning into the slalom. It just didn't even make sense to me physically. It was like it was skiing. <laughs> and awesome. he just, he loaded up the weight in ways. I was just sitting there at one of the corners going, all right, never mind. Yep. Yeah, I'm in a Subaru. I've got all the clout. Nope. 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 <laughs> you're sitting there like, I've modeled this. This is not supposed to work. Yeah, I was waiting for him to like get out and like open up the back and have groceries in the back. Oh, I left these in. Just, yeah. There is amazing. a guy. Is, are you guys up in Washington? Yeah, yeah, there is a guy up in Washington um, who he made some headlines because he built a two JZ Mustang, a classic Mustang. Mm-hmm. But he's now his project, and he's I think he's like ninety five percent done. I think it's plated. It's a Fox body, um, uh, safaried out, like slightly lifted, um, the lights in the back. And this, I mean, this guy's a hero so far for what he's doing for the Mustang. So keep an eye out for that. Right. Safari is the new wide body. I'm telling you, I got to get ahead of this trend. I, I really feel it's the next thing. It's what I want to do to my. Uh, I have a W123 wagon that I want to mm. do that too. But mm-hmm. that, there's a lot of other stuff in the way of that happening at the moment. Um, question from Tom Anderson on Twitter at, at the underscore 
T underscore Anderson. Will Volkswagen be back, and will we ever see Oldsmobile in a Forza game other than the 69 Hurst, Hurst Olds? I know you can't talk about What other stuff, Olds though. do you care about to have in there, really? Uh, 442. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few. There's a few. Uh, Alero. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, can we get an Aurora in there? Yeah. <laughs> well, I can confirm Volkswagen is back. Okay, cool. that's cool. Well, there you yeah. go. We got some car news there. Uh, Chris Tracy at Overlanding Dad. For better or worse, VR is coming. How does how do you and Turn Ten see VR in terms of driving games in the future? You know, we we are a Microsoft company, and as a result, we look at a lot of the technology that comes in through Microsoft Research, and there are things like. HoloLens, and there has been VR initiatives and, mm-hmm. and the like. So we look at a lot of that technology. Right now, where we're really focused is on making this massive community and really moving towards esports and streaming and building and changing car culture. We, we want to embrace the future of car culture. We want to bring in a new generation. And so our focus really is on how we can bring this to the most people possible. So we focused on making this the first Forza Motorsport made for the PC first. It was built from the ground up for PC. And as a result, we lowered the min spec. And that means more people can play the game on PC whether no matter what their technology what's, is. What's kind of like, just to give people an idea, what's kind of a low-end spec that would play well? Well, you know, we obviously, we are always looking at set devices because yeah. it's just easy if you can kind of draw a circle around something for your first round of testing before you do like wild config testing. And yeah. so looking at like Surface Books, and, uh, oh, and really? All yeah. the way down to... Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we started looking at, at uh, some of those because, again, there is set... So even with the Intel integrated do. stuff, it'll it'll... You know, the Intel versus the NVIDIA is when you start getting into more trouble. But yes, yeah. we're, we've been able to lower the spec down. Cool. Uh, I'm jumping over to Facebook for Facebook questions, and I'm pulling my phone because my computer's going to die because my battery is not in great shape. Craig on McBride... Has it been suggested that we, the gamers, would like more options for customizing the color of the wheels in the games? I love the wheel selection, but I'd really like it if I could individually paint barrels, lips, spokes, etc. I love everything you guys have done. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much. We uh, we have talked about things like that. Customization is a big part of the game, and we you know choose looking at this area versus that area. We've added new wheels into the game, which hopefully will be exciting for our fans uh, with Forza Horizon 3, we added more of the kind of uh, street-style wheels and lifestyle. And with Forza Motorsport 7, we have integrated the types of wheels, more wheels that you would see on the track. So we're trying to give people more options. Wide bodies, which were first seen in Forza Horizon 3, for first for Forza. Uh, those have come into Forza Motorsport 7. There's more options there. So we're hopefully giving people lots of options. What about wire wheels and dice valve caps? Is that going <laughs> to be in DLC so maybe? made on wire wheels. Right car? Right, the right car? That's the right wheel. Hey, look, we caught a Clapman. <laughs> um, uh, Ruking Peng, what individual car would you most wish to model into the game? Uh, there's going to be a lot of car questions, so feel free to do what you need to do without <laughs> Wish to model the game, individual being a specific car, i.e. Paul Newman's first Datsun 510, the Aston Valkyrie, Matt's wide-body Fox, uh, Mad Max car, etc. Also, I go by just, oh, he said, don't say my first name and last name. He's... He has a hard to pronounce name. He said, "Just call him Ray." But he put that at the end. So, it's a good story, <laughs> Go Jeff. <ahead>. Thank you. <laughs> Back to the question: um, Is there anything you'd like to see personally, in, like an individual specific car? 
you know, we not like of, a type of. Coin. So I gotta, I, I've gotta say, I, I don't have much career ambition. I've been in the same job for a very long time. So I, I'm one of the founders of this team. It's a dead end job, really. 13 years ago, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, as a result, a lot of my bucket list cars were handled. Yeah, like you know, they've kind of four iterations in. ago. Exactly. Yeah. Now since then, we've done some some cool cars that are more partner oriented that I I I really find exciting because they're just so different. So we did the deal with um with Hot Wheels on Forza Horizon Three mm-hmm. and the Hot Wheels expansion, and so there's the Bone Shaker and. The twin mill and these car- cool cars that I remember seeing when I was a kid as little matchbox cars and or well Hot Wheels technically sorry yeah. about that as Hot Wheels and uh, and actually seeing them come into the game that was cool. We also did a thing with uh, Fallout Four. I'm a big gamer, so having, God, I uh, love that game so damn much. Yeah, so having having a Fallout Four car in there and uh, the Halo Warthog. So there's some kind of interesting cars and the way we treat them is in our fiction. So it's what if we were going to go to SEMA. And we were going to build this car. So Bethesda came to us and said, build a Fallout 4 car. And so we write a full fiction on it. We actually have our team go through and say, okay, what chassis would you start with? What engine? How would you actually build this thing? So that we can get the physics right on you know all of these different components. Now, we embrace their fiction and what we say about it in the game. So it may say it's a you know a nuclear-powered power plant or something. Mm-hmm. But on the back end, we're deciding, well, should this be based on sort of a, a Tesla flat plat, you know, um, you know, electric platform. Yeah, the or, skateboard platform, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. You know, and we have those discussions. So I like that because we're kind of getting into that world of the the what if, but still grounded in physics and reality. Yeah, and you got to love those cars from from Fallout too. The you know giant fins on them, and they look like the Homer from The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> that would actually be a good car to have. Yeah, this one was the the <laughs> Rocket sixty nine. Yeah, that, the the ad for that was cool too. Uh, Phil. D'Almedia. Someone offers you a handsome nest egg today, contingent on the fact that you have to leave the USA and become an expat somewhere. Where do you go and why? That is a fascinating question. Huh. I know. It's a, I mean, that is a good one. You know, the worst you can't just spout something out. No, the worst part is, you know, when I've, tri- I've so I've done a lot of these press trips where I'll go all over the world and I, I, I've gotten literally like 18 hours in a place. Right. Which is not enough time to even understand anything, anything at all. I mean, in fact, I was in Milan. I've got a lot of stories about Milan. <laughs> um, I was in Milan. That's where I all buy all my socks. Right? <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah. And uh, it was, I was trying to sleep and I couldn't. It was really loud outside and it was really hot. And I was just certain I was in Stockholm. My sleeping brain had just been in, in Stockholm the night before. And I remember just opening up the window being like, what the what is wrong with <laughs> Stockholm? And there's this massive party going outside because it's uh, Fashion Week in Milan. Yeah. And it's, I'm looking and out of this courtyard so, and I'm like, yeah. it smells amazing. And look at all these people. And I'm like, I don't know where I am in the world. I can't <laughs> live like this. This has to stop. That's fantastic. I so I, <laughs> Those know, are the most joyous Germans so I've ever you seen. Just, you should just yeah. pick Vancouver because you could pop back over the border and – Visit France. Plus, so, you can afford Vancouver since you now have this handsome nest egg. Because um, otherwise, Vancouver is that's ridiculous. true. I, you know, I've really I, I like being in big cities. And so, honest, honestly, if I had this handsome nest egg, I would love to live in some of the biggest cities in the world for about a year. Yes, you know, really get to know. Answer. Like, if I could live in New York, like that kind of money. 
You know, yeah. I don't mean at the highest apartment. No, what no, I mean no. is I could be comfortable right. and have like a local coffee shop and a, you know you all go of to that dinners stuff. at the nice places. And know, I could yeah. do that in Paris and do that in London and and you know do that in Macau and some that to me, oh god, I would spend ten years doing that in a heartbeat. Yeah. and I, I think it would be so an amazing learning experience to buy mm-hmm. a yacht. <laughs> Just okay. do it that way. Um, I mean, we're saying handsome nest egg here. Uh, Niles Rogers, do you have a favorite Forza game? Mine personally is the First Horizon. Hmm. Thank you very much. The First Horizon was was really, you know, it was us taking a big chance on a new team, a playground team, and they, wow. I mean, what an incredible team. And it's amazing to have both the Turn 10 team, the playground team working on this franchise, sharing ideas. You know, I feel like the, this, the whole franchise has gotten better and better and better. You know, uh, it's hard for me not to remember everything through the scars on my back. And, uh, you know, we learned a lot making Forza Motorsport 1 and Forza Motorsport 2. And part of what makes Turn 10 the culture it is, the, the team that it is, is that we take mistakes we make very seriously. And we learn from them. We get stronger. We, we set a long-term vision. We work towards it. We're kind of tireless. In fact, I'd say we are short. We are, we, we are loath to compliment, but we are quick to criticize. And that's just kind of the nature of our team. So I look back at some of the games where we missed dates or we were late, and I'm very fond of the work we did. Forza Motorsport 1, we had a lot of innovation. I think we surprised people out of the gates with Drivatar and the Green Line and the Mm -hmm. Livery Editor and all these cool features. But what I remember is this was a a passionate team, an ambitious team, but an undisciplined team. And uh, so I can't not look at the games and see the lessons. You know, I, I see the, mm-hmm. the, the scars and what we learned. So when people ask, often ask me, you know, what's your favorite game? And I say the most recent one, and I think they look at me like, oh, you're, you're, you're a shill, you're whatever. It, it really <laughs> isn't. It's that I look at the most recent one and I'm like, oh, this is the best thing we've ever done. You know, our process is best. The way we did innovation, the way the team came together, the teamwork to make it, we could not have made this game with the same team we had that made Forza Motorsport six. Same with Forza Horizon three and Forza Horizon two. So I, I can't disambiguate the team and the work and the effort from the game that we make. And and to me, it seems like it would be kind of hard to pick favorites. Like when you're in this current generation, when you go five, six, seven, where there's so much shared that came after you guys rebuilt from five. I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like it's a completely new thing to you. I'm sure there's, there's just a lot of that. And now you just get to do all the, you know, now you're putting all the Sunday, you know, the toppings on Sunday rather than, you know, milking the cow and making the cream and the bowl and everything. And that was well, an unexpected heavy, analogy. There's heavy innovation. <laughs> each, each version has very, very heavy innovation. And, you know, that's the thing also is it, it looks as if from the outside there's a game every year. Yeah. And that there's DLC, you know, every month and there's expansion packs and what have you. But the way we've actually organized the team, there is an incubation team that's working on technologies and ideas multiple years out. And that's the way we can bring innovation in. So I hear people say, oh, this product cycle and that product cycle. And I think it's born out of an outdated understanding of how scale games and franchises are made. We have a massive team that's working on things well in advance. We play with technologies that never see the light of day. We play with ideas. And we we prioritize ideas from our community. And that is the process of innovation. It's unseen. What well, is seen be, is the game we make, but what's unseen is what it took to make it'd it. It'd be financially and humanly just 
un, you know, undoable if you were to rebuild everything from scratch everywhere. I mean, every year and have the release schedule that you guys do. Same thing would be for Call of Duty or any of these other franchises that we see on a regular basis. I mean, the toll it would take on your team to do that from scratch every time, you, we wouldn't make, retain any employees, I don't think. Well, I, I think the big thing is just being an internal studio allows us to be to have access to the planning process of a console like the Xbox One X. Yeah. We can make it better for developers. We can be looking at other technologies and other researches across Microsoft. So I don't even look at... Um, I look at innovation both in what we ship as well as where we're heading in the next five years. Yeah, well, it's nice being first party because you get the previews and you... But then I guess you probably also have the pressure of being the shining example that they want everybody else to live up to. We do that. I mean, that's a responsibility. It's it's a it's a gift as well. Yeah. You know, to have to have that amount of trust from Microsoft and that amount of trust from Phil Spencer and Xbox that they want us to push technologies and take risks. And these are the types of risks that you can only take when you have the backing of an entire company like that. You can't take these sort of risks if you're just an independent developer. It's it's too risky. You know, with, with us, we can take risks, and it's uh, it, it just makes it a really exciting place to work. Have you guys gotten to the point now where you actually get some input into the development cycle of new hardware? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, Chris Tector, who's our chief architect at, at Turn 10, and mm-hmm. he's been with us. He's, he's one of the first 10 employees at Turn 10. He's been around the whole time, and he's, he's one of those big brain dudes. Like, he's just really smart, super passionate. Like a Carmack about- type guy. Yeah, just that. Yeah, very smart. He's very passionate about games. He's very passionate about consoles, and he was involved from day one on the Xbox One X and the architecture. And we were using the Forza Tech engine. We gave it to the to the team. We were the same way with DirectX. So DirectX twelve, as mm-hmm. that was being rolled out into Windows ten, he was involved in that. And we used the Forza Tech engine because it's a very high strung engine. I mean, it runs on the Xbox at ten eighty p, solid sixty frames per second. And now on Scorpio on the Xbox One X at 4k and 60 frames per second it is a very very high performing engine that would have been a good name if they kept that uh yeah <laughs> just because it reminds me of the simpsons I get it. <laughs> oh <laughs> hank scorpio yeah. <laughs> yeah so giving over to that team our engine makes it easier for all developers and that's what actually makes it a, such a great development platform yeah. is that we've already had the experience of getting an engine up and running on it i don't even remember what the question was you asked at this point we're just like oh we're way away from the yeah. question um chris has his own though because he knows the the ins and outs yeah, yeah yeah i mean this is his jam 100 percent. the question was what was your favorite flavor of jam actually i'm gonna bring it back i'm gonna whip through the rest because <laughs> i know we're, we're running low on time um pat wainwright says we need 80 style outrun music which I mean, I kind of agree with no that. No one needs so 80s style music. So let me just tell music. you, with uh, our new music system, if you have 80s style music on your OneDrive, it will play in the game. You can make your own playlist. And on top of that, we put in a system that actually plays it in the 3D environment. So as you drive by the stands in Le Mans, you'll hear your 80s style oh, music playing cool. from the thing. And if you have a, uh, you know, like a Groove music subscription, things can play through that way as well. So actually, playing your own music is... It's, Easy. It's up to you. Yeah. Well, he says you need to turn ten needs to interact more with the Forza subreddit too. That's from this listener, uh, Josh Ostrander, who is at E three for us. Says why was Tanner Faust in my way of taking photos of the GTR GT two RS Sunday? I'm blaming you for that one, Dan. Also, can we get some DLC codes? How tall uh, is we'll Josh? Work on that, he's six. He's <laughs> taller than Tanner. Tanner right. shouldn't be in his way then. Um, good, good point. I will bring that up with him, Josh. 
Uh, he was listening. Cars and Cactus, when will we be able to buy a Lazy Boy that provides G-loading, underbraking at a reasonable price? That's actually a really good question, I think. No, um, no, that's sad. No, I disagree. <laughs> if you can have G-loading, you should have a car. I a, want a seat Wally. Shaped like... <laughs> I want yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Uh, Cars and Cactus, were you any good at Sega Outrun and pole position at Chuck E. Cheese when you were a kid? <laughs> I was as good as the next kid, yeah. but no, I was not some uh, prodigy of that. I actually played a lot of Street Fighter Championship Edition and Street Fighter oh, yeah. 2. I did little oh, arcade yeah, yeah, tournaments that was my game, up yeah. in Seattle uh, doing that. And Secretly, that's probably why I got into martial arts. <laughs> nice. Probably, um, that's why I got a lot of people into that. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite vehicle to drive on the Nürburgring, assuming you've driven the ring? Ah, so the issue is uh, skill. And I've done track days. I've done driving schools. Um I'm not an awful driver, but when you meet pro drivers, as we were already discussing, you know, you realize what real skill is. So I've learned that I am better having fun in slower cars. That's, I mean, because I have just as much fun, but there's nowhere near as much danger. Yeah. So I've driven 488s, I've driven really, really fast cars, and they don't scare me, and that's the scary part. Yeah. Whereas when I get in something like a, you know, a Fiesta ST, Mm -hmm. I can get scared. And it's nowhere near as dangerous. Right. No, you're so topping me, out at 140 at max. So yeah. it's just like, whatever. So, you know, something like, you know, there's so many great cars out of the UK, these little kit cars, you know, uh, things that are that make an Elise look really well constructed. That yeah. or mm-hmm. the, the Exocets, those things. Those are cool. Uh, yeah, those things are. So that would, I mean, for me, you know, a low horsepower, low weight car with sort of thinner tires is well, one is of really the most good. exciting cars of the ring that you can rent is supposed to be the uh the swifts mm. the suzuki swifts are supposed to be awesome and there's or like a, a genetta I th- a genetta yeah right <laughs> there you go but a caterham would be pretty wild too yeah um dustin bateman any plans for hill climb events like pike's peak etc and forza seven that's probably untalkaboutable untalkable um and then uh the other one was about making a track-based forza with cops for all the lulls i don't whatever don't worry about that one um so when does the game come out Forza Motorsport 7 ships on Xbox One, Xbox One S, and Windows 10 PC on October 3rd. It's an XPA or Xbox Play Anywhere game, which means that you can buy it digitally on any of those devices, and your save game and and all of that will travel with you no matter where you go to those devices. And then on November 7th, when the Xbox One X ships, if you already own Forza because you pre-ordered it or you were playing it on the Xbox One, it automatically comes over. You get an update into your game, and the 4K amazing goodness is there. And even if you have a 1080p screen, it looks so much better on the Xbox One X. So all of your games are going to run maybe higher resolution, maybe better anti-aliasing. It depends on how the developers set it up. But basically, all games will run better there. But a game that's been Xbox X, Xbox One X enhanced, like Forza Motorsport 7, uh-huh. will look insane on that new device. Fantastic. Um, so there you go, everybody. Wait. Can't, I mean, start saving your pennies now for the game. Uh, Pre-order it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do all that stuff. Enjoy the game when it comes out. We'll be playing the game when it comes out. The TST guys will be playing it when mm-hmm. it comes out, as they always do. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for joining us, as always. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, one of these times we've got to get you down here, or if we're up there, we've got to just get you on when it's not around the craziness and do like a more relaxed podcast and go into some of the car stuff well like more personal car stuff just a more low-key one but as it sits we love having you on like this because it's pretty low-key 
anyway. It's not like we're some stuffy podcast. It's the end of the day. It's the end of the day. <laughs> uh, and if it was nighttime, we'd be cracking beers in the one thing I bought for the office. But we don't have to worry about that. But uh, that's it for episode 207. And we'll see you guys all next week. We'll